Hello, everyone, and welcome to EHS on Tap. I'm your host, Justin Scase, editor of the EHS Daily Advisor and Safety Decisions Magazine. Today, we're focusing on the health part of EHS, mental health to be specific. The mental health of employees at your organization is an important factor affecting everything from the company's efficiency to the likelihood of a violent incident. Unfortunately, it's also a factor that is all too easily overlooked. Employee Assistance Programs, or EAPs for short, are a great tool for creating a happier, safer, and more productive workplace for employees, but there can be many challenges to implementing them. Here with me today to talk about EAPs and how they can boost your safety and violence prevention efforts is Raquel Solon, Business Solutions Engineer at FEI Behavioral Health and a speaker at BLR's upcoming Workplace Violence Prevention Symposium. Raquel has helped organizations create and implement workplace violence prevention programs and holistic crisis management systems within a wide range of industries, including manufacturing, retail, higher education, healthcare, and mental health and human services. Prior to her tenure with FEI, Raquel served as the Associate Director of Prepare Training for CPI, where she assisted hundreds of organizations in determining the best solution to meet their violence prevention efforts through training, policy development, and best practice implementations. Raquel was named Woman of the Year for 2012-2013 by the National Association of Professional Women for her dedication and role in workplace violence prevention. So Raquel, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Justin. Okay, Pleasure so, to be here. Oh, sorry about that. Pleasure to be here. <laughs> Great. So let's start off with a discussion of mental health as it affects the workplace. So our audience is made up of environment, health, and safety professionals who are responsible for managing, reducing, or eliminating on-the-job hazards. How can mental health issues present a danger in the workplace? That's a great question. And really what I want to do is take a step back and start off by breaking some myths um, that sometimes are perpetrated in our discussion of mental health issues. So people okay. who suffer from mental health problems um, are more likely to be victims of violence than perpetrators of it, which is very contrary mm. to what we see um perpetrated in the media and, um, you know, on the daily news, on social media sites, etc. So I just want to point that out. Um, <clears throat> everyone does have mental health. Uh, and the regents of the University of Michigan created a mental health continuum to demonstrate the various phases of mental wellness, um, including mental health, then problems and mental illness. So our goal really um, should be to create environments where we assist our employees to reside in mental wellness and to feel safe. Um, you know, that's the role of environmental health and safety, to create safety. Um, right. Mental wellness um, is typically where a person falls. When their stress is manageable, um, they might have, you know, a little bit of mild stress, um, but it's manageable. It's manageable distress. 
um, <clears throat> when there or where there isn't mental wellness, what we can do is we can really look at changing our thinking from strictly a mental health issue to an environmental health and safety issue. Um, you know, those people in our audience today focusing on the behaviors seen in the workplace. So things such as increased outbursts, taking more risks, increased accidents, because mental illness can impair or disrupt a person's ability to relate to others. So that's that increased outbursts. Um, it impairs their ability for clear thinking, which might be taking more risks. Um, and then daily job functioning or daily functioning, which might increase your accident rates. So really looking at it from that perspective. Um, and those are some of the dangers that can be present when somebody is suffering from mental um, health problems or mental illness. Okay. So EAPs, employee assistance programs, are a good way to address these dangers. So what are some of the key elements of a good program? So that's a great question. I like to start that out by saying not all EAPs are the same. So they're not right. all created equal. Um, <clears throat> a good EAP and a robust EAP program is going to include things such as consultation with professional counselors at no cost to the employee, uh, confidential short-term counseling, work-life services, such as things like assistance with adoptions or dependent care, elderly care. We have an aging population um, in our nation right now. And so we've got a lot of our workforce is really worried about what are they going to do with, you know, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, because maybe they're responsible for those individuals or have to help make those decisions. Um, it can also be retirement transition services. So again, with our aging population, we have a lot of people who are going to be moving over to retirement and helping with that transitional component. Uh, we also, a good EAP is also going to provide management and leadership consultations as well as training. We're going to really partner with the organization. Um, as well as provide employee training sessions can be topics that include anything from conflict resolution to communication to time management and work-life balance, just to name a few. And then, of course, a wellness component. Um, wellness is really important in regards to helping to keep your employees healthy, both physically um, and as well as mentally and emotionally. That's where you're going to really see um, from an organizational standpoint why you want to have that is a productive workforce. So. Excellent. So uh, you mentioned a more productive workforce. So what are some of these other positive impacts that these EAPs can have, both for employees and the business as a whole? Sure. So, well, as stated, of course, um, an EAP can assist with wellness of your employees, which in turn creates that positive impact on your business. Um, for employers specifically, they can assist with performance management um, issues and consultations. Um, you can consult with concerning behaviors such that you might see, such as, um, you know, suicidal comments or, you know, violence. Um, as well as lower level conflicts. Um, <clears throat> and really when I talk about violence, let's just, let's just make a point here as well that violence occurs really along a continuum. So right. it can be anything from, um, disrespect and incivility in the workplace all the way up to a physically, physically violent, um, incident and so many behaviors in between. And that's where really we can partner and figure out what the best solution would be. Um, 
EAPs can assist with organizational changes, such as layoffs or mergers, Um, even something as simple as parking structure changes. We had a a client who um, was redoing their parking, and they were very large organizations. They have several lots, and they had to close down a couple lots. That caused such a disruption in the in the lives of the people, you know, who they're serving and their employees that we ended up actually servicing a lot of calls regarding parking. Wow. So anything, you know, that's going to be disruptive to the employee or to the environment. So um, I'm going to take it from a different perspective and look at from the employees. Yeah. So for the positive impact an EAP can have on your employees, we can, again, provide things like legal and financial help, uh, wellness assistance, work-life services, training, stress reduction, so when a major life event occurs, you have someone you can you you can go to for help. You have a partner um, to do some of that legwork, um, and they can refer you to local resources. So personally, I've actually just used our EAP in the last um, I think two months. I was looking for some assistance with some transitional life services. So my youngest son is disabled and looking for um, some organizations that might be able to help with the transition to independence because he's now at that age, you know, um, you know, early 20s. So and I got some great resources. Um, they were able to look at, you know, do all that legwork that kept me productive in my, you know, in my workday, because otherwise, as employees, you know, our first priority for many people is what's going on at home? What's what's impacting my ability to work? Um, and so we can we can help employees with that. Um, as a last note on that, I mean, happier people achieve more. So as you know, as we're looking at that stress reduction and creating safe workspaces, um, the better culture we're able to have and create in our organizations, the more your employees are going to produce and um, be there uh, present in their in their situations. Absolutely. So. Are there any barriers to EAP effectiveness? For example, are there any potential issues with management support or persuading employees to actually take advantage of the services? Sure. So <clears throat> some of the barriers um, from EAP effectiveness um, or, you know, getting employees to go is for one, and this is the number one thing that we hear, is that employees don't think that it's confidential. So they think that anything that they talk to the EAP about is going to go back to the employer. And that is not the case. EAPs are, um, you know, there is the strict confidentiality um, component of that. We might depending on the EAP service that your organization utilizes, you might get feedback such as, you know, utilization. Did somebody call in? Yes or no. Um, or did somebody email? Yes or no. Or did somebody use a website service, depending on what the EAP has to offer? Um, but specific information is not ever given about an employee. And I think that's the hu- that's the biggest barrier because people don't want that to be used against them later. You know, that manager perception, um, you know, is very important. Important and they don't want to be perceived negatively. Um, another barrier would be, of course, stigma. So um, there's a huge stigma, and we talk about it. It's being talked about more now, um, you know, in the United States and our nation. The fear of being seen as a mental health patient. Um, you know, there's that component that it's it's so focused on, oh, if, you know, you're if you're having a mental health issue, then you call the EAP. And that's not really the case. Like I said, I mean, you know, I needed some help getting some resources for my son. And so I called my EAP. You know, it doesn't have to be just because you're struggling. It can help you with major life changes. Um, 
So, of course, the stigma. You might have employees who think they need to get permission from HR or from leadership that they don't realize that they can just call whenever they want to. So um, lack of awareness that kind of goes into that permission component. Again, they don't realize that they can just call and utilize that benefit. And it is a benefit. Um, unfortunately, it's one of the most underutilized benefits that um, employers offer. So lack of awareness. Um, and then that job insecurity um, is another component. So fear that um, utilizing EAP services, again, that kind of goes piggybacks on to um, manager perception and confidentiality. They think that somehow they're going to be penalized or, you know, um, it's going to, it's going to impede their job security if they're utilizing the EAP. So those are some of the big ones. Okay. So how can EHS managers and their colleagues overcome these barriers at their companies? So first off, I would say definitely be champions of the of your programs. So giving examples of, you know, if you have a a life event that you're going through, whether you're looking for childcare, whether you're um, looking for, you know, financial advice, whether you are, you know, um, helping to get an elderly parent into care or day services, whatever it might be, talk about that. If you, you know, if as the um, environmental health and safety managers um, and professionals, as you guys are utilizing the service, be the champions. Talk about how it worked for you, Um, you know, that it saved you time, uh, that we were able to do, you know, again, some of that legwork or find things out that you maybe you didn't even know existed. Um, So the other one is positively promoting it, of course, Um, especially if you don't, if your employees don't realize all the services that an EAP can provide. Um, we might need to look at reframing the EAP as part of that wellness. Um, so the environmental health and safety. So focusing on the health and the safety, you know, the healthier you, healthier you are, you know, the better we are and the safer you are, the better we are as an organization. So um, increase in awareness through things. You can do uh, posters. You can do monthly messages. Some organizations do, you know, daily huddles talking about it. Um, depending on your EAP services, I know, you know, we at FEI, we do webinars um, for organizations, so that can be part of the service that's provided. Um, and those are informational components, you know, again, a benefit. Newsletters, flyers, anything like that that you can do to help um, overcome the barrier. Rephrasing those things, the posters, the flyers, the newsletters, in a, in a positive light. So rephrasing it such as, you know, um, we're here to help with this service or that service versus, again, somebody has, you know, a mental health uh, problem, you know, that's, that's not the way we want to phrase that and promote it. Okay. So what are some signs to be on the lookout for, you know, for managers and such that might indicate to them that an employee probably needs to be directed to EAP services? Sure. So <clears throat> really focusing on behaviors. So behaviors is what, you know, we can, we, we, you know, our tan- things that we can notice and are tangible. So things such as increased or noticeable change in irritability, um, anxiousness, anger. You might have um, individuals who are demonstrating a productivity slump or on the flip side of that coin, even putting in extra long hours. Um, you have an increase potentially of absenteeism or 
again, on the flip side of that, they might be here and you might have presenteeism. So they're here at work, but, you know, they're not they're missing meetings. They're not getting things done that are supposed to be done. They're missing deadlines, etc. Talking about being exhausted. So. You want to treat those um, these types of mental health concerns and behaviors the same way you would a regular health issue. So first, you know, don't be afraid to ask what's going on. Um, and then as you're having those discussions, um, you know, being able to have your EAP information ready in hand as a resource for assistance. So it's kind of that soft pitch of, you know, OK, so you're going through this at home. Maybe you didn't realize that this employee is going through a really tough divorce or you didn't realize that they had a death in their family and they need some help with grief or, um, you know, planning and things like that. So just asking, you know, hey, I noticed these behaviors. What's going on? You know, how can, you know, how can we, um, you know, resolve some of this? Hmm. So what about workplace violence specifically? How how can an EAP be effective for prevention? So prevention or proactively utilizing the EAP for things such as training. Um, I've done several conflict resolution trainings, communication trainings, and and it's funny because a lot of conflict that happens in the workplace, what is usually the stem of that is things like miscommunication, not having good communication channels, things like that. So having training um, about some of those aspects as well as, um, you know, looking at it from having brown bag lunch discussions and, you know, talking about issues, you know, we can help or EAPs can help with that as well. Um, proactively, you might do supervisor and leadership training because of some of the issues that are coming up in the workplace. Maybe you have people who haven't, you know, had to deal with this before. So um, that could also be part of, you know, how things escalate is we have as leaders sometimes, you know, not the best responses to situations. And so we can be precipitating some of that. So getting some of that training um, for your leadership team. Um, and then if things, you know, you do have conflicts, you can utilize EAP as a conflict mediation. That's often helpful. Sometimes people just need a neutral third party um, to discuss somebody who's not affiliated with the organization. Um you could engage your EAP, um, especially when you're doing, if you have to do anything like supervisor or mandatory referrals. Um, and as you're working with employees on performance management, you can even weave EAP into things like, um, you know, your performance management tutor tools to utilize as a last change agreement when necessary. So if they've had an outburst or, um, you know, something that isn't, immediately um, terminatable, if that's a word, um, and a terminate, terminatable offense um, in regards to violence that wouldn't cause that immediate termination, you might do something like a last change agreement um, where you're saying, you know, we, we need you to, you know, work on this issue or, you know, here's the AP, we're going to provide it, it's paid for, um, but as part of your continued employment, because we can't see this behavior again, um, you know, we can um, work with you as long as you're doing that. Um, and that's, again, that mandatory or supervisor referral. So, Okay. So are there any legal limits to directing employees to the program? Uh, for example, what if somebody that seems in need of the program is advised to use it but refuses to take part? Should the employer stop pushing them? Sure. So <clears> – <throat> 
as leaders, um, you know, we are put into leadership positions. Certainly, um, we we probably didn't just get, you know, dropped down into a position. We probably got there because we do have some ability to motivate individuals. Um, so we want to utilize our motiva- motivation skills um, to help people realize and confirm and understand, um, helping bring them to the conclusion that they might need some assistance. And then again, having that EAP resource card or pamphlet or whatever you have available so they can um, call them or utilize that uh, to connect to that and get some of that assistance that they need for the issue that they have, again, come to the conclusion that they're needing assistance with or that it is a problem um, and that, you know, you just want to help. So here is some additional information. Um, as far as legality, uh, you know, you can't really legally force someone to utilize an EAP. Um, even mandatory referrals, even though it says they're a mandatory referral, in the end, they are, you know, voluntary because they have to sign a release and they have to utilize it. Certainly, um, you know, the organization has, you know, some some things that they can do if a mandatory referral isn't followed through. But in the end, the employee is agreeing to go to that referral. It's not something that, um, you know, we can't f- it's not something that can be forced. Um, um, certainly, uh, you know, any any state, especially that's going to be an at-will employment state, if, if your employer wants you to do something, I guess, like see an EAP based on some of the performance management um, issues that you're having or behaviors, um, just like with anything like showing up to work on time, it's my choice as an employee whether I'm going to show up to work on time, um, you know, and, and follow through with that policy. So, Okay. So... Are there any other legal or regulatory considerations surrounding EAPs that our listeners should be aware of? Um, I just want to point out really looking at it from the standpoint of confidentiality and privacy. So EAPs are confidential. Sometimes we have on the flip side of employees thinking that it's not confidential um, and that, you know, people are going to find things out. We also sometimes have leadership or managers who are like, well, I thought you were going to tell me about this and give me the feedback. It's like, no, that is confidential information. Um, So unless there is, you know, unless the employee has demonstrated through conversations and counseling, an extreme risk, of course, then you would have to report, but um, meaning that they've got a plan for how they're going to hurt somebody and they've been doing actionable items to, you know, perpetrate violence. Um, From that standpoint, those are the extreme and rare instances where uh, EAP counselor might have to, of course, get somebody involved. Um, but otherwise, outside of those extreme and rare cases, the EAP is completely confidential. So um, <clears throat> I think that that's just one thing to be aware of, both from the employer and the employee side, because like I said, sometimes we we have people who just don't realize that and they think that they're going to get a report on how the counseling session went or the discussion went or whatever. And that is certainly not the case. Okay, definitely. So in your experience, uh, have you seen any particularly effective examples of EAP practices that helped make a workplace safer? Yeah, I think, um, 
Definitely civility uh, training and respect training, things like, you know, communication, some of those things, um, especially because I've done some of those training sessions. When I go back to an organization, you know, maybe a year later or two years later and we're doing we're on, you know, more trainings for that organization and their employees, I'll have individuals come up and say, you know, I utilize this technique and it really did seem to simmer this out, um, simmer out what would have been before a screaming match or yelling match. So um, really just taking away that prevention is a key aspect of EAP. You know, um, EAPs can help do things like cultural assessments, figuring out how people feel. Um, we can create an action plan to address those issues. Um, and again, being an EAP, we're going to stay confidential and neutral, but at the same time still be able to follow up with, um, you know, with you as an ongoing partner as to how things are going. Um Unfortunately, too often people don't call the EAP until things have gone bad, until there's been a, a, you know, a largely disruptive incident or something has happened. And if that is the case, um, you know, again, not all EAPs are the same, but if, if your EAP provides this, if something does happen to go wrong, um, and um, a competent EAP is going to be able to help with the workplace recovery, um, you know, and help those, you know, people who have been traumatized through the incidents as well as critically, um, you know, involved in critical stress to help de-stress, um, helping management and um, the organization get back to business um, as usual and helping, you know, those individuals heal too. So, um that back-end response, again, if the preventative aspects weren't um, in place um, or, um, you know, weren't realized or wasn't caught, um, you know, and then something unfortunate happens, of course, having that recovery component is an important piece. So, Great. Well, this is all great advice for our EHS on Tap listeners, Raquel. Uh, thank you again for joining us. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely, anytime. Now, if you'd like to hear more from Raquel on EAPs and how they can help your violence prevention initiatives, join her for her educational session, Creating a Culture of Respect, Inclusiveness, and Support for Employees' Mental Health, Employee Assistance Programs, Workforce Training, and more. This session is a part of BLR's 2018 Workplace Violence Prevention Symposium, and that's taking place this March 6th and 7th in Savannah, Georgia. There's still time to ensure you can be a part of this valuable live event. So for more details and to register online, visit live.blr.com or click on the link appearing on this episode's EHS Daily Advisor webpage. Thanks for listening. Until next time, this is Justin Scase for EHS on Tap.